I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Building the Good Life with John Hope Bryant is brought to you by Prudential Financial. My vision is, is that we continue to build that, that close connection with our customers. We build that close connection with our communities in, in such a way that we're integral to the economic fabric of where we live, where we work, and where we play. Amen. I love that. Hey, hey, this is John Hope Bryant, entrepreneur, founder of Operation Hope. And I'm here with my friend, Brian Jordan president and chief executive officer of First Horizon Bank, one of the top five bank institutions in the entire American South, the biggest financial institution FDIC insured in Tennessee. You'll understand why that's so powerful and important in a minute. This is John O'Brien, and I'm building the good life today with my friend, Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan, welcome. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you as always. So we don't have enough time, space, or radio waves for the power of this conversation. This thing's going to go real quick. Take notes, pull off the side of the road so you don't drive off the side of the road. <laughs> this is going to be, if you say, well, how can a conversation with a bank CEO be interesting? Because you never met Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan is the, is the I don't know, the, the, the Matt Damon of banking in the South. He's handsome. You can't see uh, on radio, but Google search his name. He's charismatic. He's cool. I mean, he, I think he's got a little black in him, actually. He's sitting there right now. He's just unbothered. Like, nothing ever bothers him. I call him with all kind of crazy stuff. Nothing nothing bothers him. He never raises his voice. By the way, when you got the power, you don't need to use it. He never raises his voice. He never, you know, shouts and screams. At least not to me. Uh, you know, he's a genuinely 
decent human being. Now, you might say, what's so special about that? You're talking about a traditional Southern. Um, and he and I are dear friends. I mean, he's, I'm not going to talk about his politics, but let's just say his and mine are probably different. Um, but, we, but we disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, we both have a philosophy of leading each other with their dignity, uh, no matter what the conversation is. Um, we've, we, we, when I go to Memphis, I stay at his house, unfortunately for him. Uh, his dog likes me more than it likes him. Uh, but on the business side, he's built a almost a hundred billion dollar institution. It's 89 billion. I think it is now it's 150 plus years old, 158 to be exact. So he was born in the civil, in the civil war era. This is going to be such a fascinating conversation. First question, Brian, because we're going to go, we're going to talk about the bank and talk about your merger recently. I think it was Iberia, if I got that right. Um, and the, the, this is a, the most recent merger. You've had mergers before that and how you're growing a culture and how you're growing an institution and integrating all these uh, different viewpoints and perspectives in, a, in the middle of, a, I think, a historic period we're living right now uh, where nothing is the way it used to be. And you have some tensions that, that remind us all of the last time America had a reconstruction period, which was a civil rights movement. And you're navigating all that just beautifully, in my opinion. But how'd you get so nice? Like, where, you're like normal, which is sort of abnormal <laughs> amongst leaders these days. How did you become decent? Is that a parenting thing? Where'd that come from? Yeah. So b- before I get into that with you, John, I got to take exception. I was hoping we would have to disagree in this. My dog likes me a lot better than he likes you. Um, <laughs> look, right. I, I, I think we're we're all a, a reflection of, of our upbringing in some sense. And, you know, I, all the things that my mom and dad used to say that I said I would never do and say, I find myself doing and saying a lot of those. And and I was raised in North Carolina. My dad, who's still alive, turns 85 the end of this week, was a banker. And, and I saw the role he played in community development and being involved in the community in a small town in North Carolina. And I, I don't know that I'd characterize myself as, as decent or anything like that. But I do think that that all of us in in, in corporate life and in life more broadly as individuals, we have a role to play in, in making the world we live in better. And, and if you're the CEO of an of a $89, $90 billion banking organization, it gives you a little bit more platform, I suppose, to do that. But it, it all fundamentally, my behaviors around these things all fundamentally go back to if, if, if there's things that I can do to make the communities that we live in, that we operate in, that we work in better, and I can play a role actively there, I intend to do it. And, uh, I mean, we'll get into the why about that. But the what of that is courageous because bankers typically want to be first or second place. Banking is not typically a pioneering business. Um, and so to step out like you did on, to be blunt, social justice issue. Now, clearly it's social justice through an economic lens, which you, you understand well, but it's still social justice. One could find, I mean, one would find that a little odd for you to 
be so interested. You've had <clears throat> Ambassador Andrew Young <clears throat> come and speak. Uh, my, oh, both of our, I think this is easy. Both of our heroes come and speak before your entire team. You've had Reverend C.T. Vivian uh, and other civil rights leaders come and give share of voice. You've had me come uh, and have very interesting and deep conversation where it was unscripted. You let me just, all of us just say what was on <clears throat> our minds. Um, you have, uh, just full disclosure, he took me, uh, I was, I'm going to call it skeet shooting. It probably was a bit deeper than that. It was in the deep South. And I'm like, look, they, 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 they could, they could leave me here and, and confuse me with a, with a, you know, one of these skeets and I'd be, you know, where's John? Who knows? Got out safely. <laughs> and we were driving. I don't know if you remember this conversation, Brian, and I'm going to have to clean it up a little bit. We, t- we talked very bluntly with each other out of love. And I said, you know, Brian, I was feeling very idealistic at this moment. We're doing these open side locations and some of these towns. And I know they might not have a lot of exposure to people like me. And maybe they might have a different view, a different word they might use to describe me. <laughs> people like me. I want to raise their credit score. And I want to reduce their debt. I want to give them savings options and give them earning of tax credit and give them financial optionality. Maybe then they will, you know, call me by my first and last name and, you know, honor me and my ancestors. And Brian says, well, maybe, but probably not some of them, but they will respect you to make their life better. Now, that's just a real conversation. I mean, he wasn't sugarcoating it. You can't, you can't change people overnight, but you can't help to change their situation. And hope that that changes people over a lifetime or maybe it affects their children. So, Brian, help get me inside of your head and as a gateway to your heart. You're running this institution. You've brought us into 10% operational is now has hope inside locations within 10% of all of the First Horizon Bank locations. That's more than charity now. That's real money. That's a real investment. And it has to have real results. What is it that you're trying to achieve? And how does that intersect, if at all, have about trying to heal the breaches in this country and make this country better? Yeah, I I remember the conversation you're referring to. In fact, it it occurred after we drove by a Confederate flag hanging out in in the in the country backside. It it actually was the uh, the weekend before we dedicated the memorial or or plaque out at the airport for Dr. King's last flight in the Memphis. Uh, you also helped help to make happen, by the way, I should add, didn't take any credit for it, but he helped to to make it happen. You go through Memphis airport. Now you see uh, a marker. I had forgot all about that. A marker, uh, that for Dr. King's last flight, that's again, part of Brian Jordan's unarticulated legacy. I get credit for it, but he actually helped me do it. So, you know, to your, to your question, John, the, the communities that, that we operate in cover 12 or across 12 states, not cover, but across 12 states today. And, and you can look at any community in the United States. You can look at any community in the South. You can look at any community in Tennessee. And, and we have unique challenges and opportunities, but there is a common thread and, and a lot of that tends to be, in my view, common threads around opportunity and social justice and economics. And as you said, sort of an economic thread as as a banking organization that is part of the, the circulatory system of of our society and economy. 
taking money from depositors and lending it to borrowers who want to buy a house or start a business or buy a boat or whatever their dream happens to be. We're, we're uniquely positioned. And, and I, I firmly believe that at the, at the end of the day, that if, if, if our business is going to be good, the economic fabric in the communities that we, that we work in, that we do business in, and ultimately we all live in too, that we, ha- we have to play a role in strengthening that. And, and this notion of creating opportunity, whether it be through the DE and I work that we do internally with respect to opportunities. Break, break that out. D, D, what does that mean? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, and we, we have put a, a, a tremendous amount of effort into that. And, and we focus on it internally and externally. In, in terms of our people, we, we think about how do we create opportunity for our employee base to grow and to, and to function and, and develop in, in the organization and make sure we have equal opportunity and that we create a reflection of the communities we serve. But in banking, we have to create diversity, equity, and inclusion as it comes to facing customers, creating broad opportunity for people. And, and one of the things that we know after the really the, the last 15 to 25 years is we have gotten progressively more and more people who are unbanked. They're out of the core banking system and, and they, they use alternative channels. They don't use uh, credit cards, debit cards. They don't use banking system or checking accounts. Uh, they use alternative lenders, whether that be payday lenders or check cashers. And that that's not a, a criticism of, of any of those channels. It is the, how do we create a more inclusive system that, that allows our communities, whether you're a, a, a young man with an idea to start a business and you don't have the resources of friend and family money, or you don't have a home equity line to draw on, how do you get the resources to start a business? Or if you're a young woman and you want to start a, a, a catering business, how do you get the, the resources and the training? How do you get the, uh, I, this is how I build a business plan, so on and so forth. And, and you know, what, what really is important to me is, is that we do that in, in a partnership with, with the community so that we create sustainability. It's not just getting started. It is how am I a bankable business down the road, meaning do I pay my taxes? Do I have financial statements? Do I have uh, the tools that I need to be a growing and bankable asset. Um, so that, that's a long way of saying that that when when we think about when I think about you know the role that we can play, we're we're in a unique spot. We're clearly blessed in that we have the ability to to try to influence outcomes. We target trying to create a more inclusive an equitable and diverse organization and economic system where we can influence it. And John, as you know, and as you've highlighted in our conversation thus far, you know, we built partnerships with organizations like Operation Hope and put 30 Hope inside of us in, in our branches or banking centers over the last eight, seven, eight years and really start to impact outcomes. Well, and, and by the way, 
you putting us in your locations uh, has helped inspire other financial institutions to put us in their locations. And when I came to Memphis to do this, Brian actually encouraged me to go talk to his so-called competitors to get me in their locations too. He didn't see it as a zero-sum game or that first Horizon, then first Tennessee had to succeed and others had to lose. Uh, he thought that if Memphis won, and we're talking about Memphis in this one example, the, the, the city that Dr. King was assassinated in, by the way, April 4th, 1968, that the whole city would win. Let me back up and say, I'm going to challenge something you said, Brian, because I think you're being overly gracious. You said that you're not criticizing many of these channels. I am. <laughs> um, uh, look, in these 500 credit score neighborhoods, what you see in half of black America, just to be very personal with my own group now, half of black America has a credit score below 620. We're not dumb and we're not stupid. It's what we don't know that we don't know this killing us, but we think we know because the Freedmen's Bank of 1865, after the Civil War, around the time the bank was created, your bank was created, Lincoln created a bank called the Freedmen's Bank to teach free slaves about money. Unfortunately, he was killed the next month, the same month as, as Dr. King, by the way, April. And the bank fell to disrepair, it was manipulated. So we, we never got the memo on money. Folks, listen to this. Where are black folks killing? Professional sports, the arts are two examples. But we're not killing it, generally speaking, maybe succeeding in capitalism writ large because we never got that memo. We confuse making money with building wealth. So I actually do think, you know, there's nothing wrong with the check cash. It was created by grocery stores writing, signing convenience checks. There's nothing wrong in theory with a payday loan lender. But when you take a payday loan lender, which is giving you a, you're basically an advance on your paycheck. But when you take these, these, these players, and you put them in an underserved neighborhood of a 500 credit score with lack of financial literacy and lack of hope. Now you got a check cash next to a payday loan lender, next to a rent to own store, next to a title lender, next to a liquor store, next to a pawn shop. Without banking, charging very expensive fees to people who can't afford it. And I just think that that's wrong. And, and I think that you cannot have growth in America, and I would argue around the world, without a, a functioning banking system. You need a banking system. And you need a banker who wants to say yes to you, irrespective of your race. And what Brian has proved to me is that whether you're white, black, red, brown, or yellow, he wants to give you some green if you can prove that you can sustain it. He mentioned in his comments, we want this to be sustainable business translation. He's not giving you charity here. Like he's got shareholders. You got to repay your loan. But if you get your credit score up, the bank's trying to get into the yes business. Yes to home ownership. The average home ownership rate for black folks is 41%. White folks, 70% plus. Yes to small business ownership. Yes to entrepreneurship. But you got to get your credit score up so he can say yes. But no one tells anybody these rules. So he's allowing us to operate in his branches so that we can talk to you in ways that banks can't. And we can coach you up so the bank can say, yes. And this becomes an emerging market, a new, a new marketplace for him and the bank. So he's really doing some truly pioneering, extraordinary work. And this D&I thing he mentioned, I made him unpack it. It sounded like a speech, didn't it? No, 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 no. It's like he's reading a note. Nah, nah, nah. This lady named Monica Jones, who works at the bank. Is she an EVP, right? Yes, she is. Black woman, I, last time I checked, in charge of commercial credit. <laughs> that means she makes lending decisions for a full range of businesses at a $90 billion bank. And he's continued to promote her. Now, Brian, did you promote her she, because she was black or because she was good? Because she was good, because she's actually great. 
<laughs> That's it. That's what you want. Isn't that what we all want? A society that works based on your merit. The, your merit. And the fact that Brian Jordan is operationalizing social justice through an economic lens at all levels, quietly. I'm telling some of the stories here, but every week, you know, every other week for sure, we have some conversation that matters. Remember you called me, Brian, I can't tell because we're still in the middle of all this. You called me about a guy who was, came to you with a vision for a financial institution and you wanted me to talk to him to, you know, to try to work it out so he, he had all the tools to be successful. Like that, that had nothing theoretically to do with you other than you were writing a check anyway to help him move it along the road. But you keep extending yourself beyond where you have to. Where I come from, that's called love. Now, you're not, you're not exactly a, you know, a, a liberal, you know, bleeding heart. Um, what's driving your love for a guy like me? Well, and you, you're, you're unique in your case. It's just charisma. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in people and I'm a big believer in opportunity. And, <laughs> and I, I know I, I can actually say this cause, cause you can't see it, but John's wearing a t-shirt that says self-made something right now. Sure. And yeah, self paid entrepreneur. And, and, you know, while, while all generalizations are wrong in some way, shape or form, you know, we, we have all gotten the benefit of advice or counsel or mentorship or a helping hand somewhere along the way. And in, in, in my case, it's what can I do to, to, to help? What can I do to be of assistance? Um, you know, in, in, in your case, John, you know, you'll, you'll remember, uh, we have a mutual friend out of Dallas who, who suggested I sit down and, and have breakfast with you. And, uh, yes. yeah, and, and, you know, John, for those of you that know John, well, you know, he didn't have breakfast till about 11 in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and we got together for breakfast. Yeah, we got together for breakfast, and and I knew just a little bit of what re, background research I was able to do on Operation Hope. But you you'll remember the conversation was was a rather straightforward conversation. There was already an Operation Hope location here. Yep. It was in Memphis. It was in a, a Truist banking center. Yep. Uh, it was SunTrust at the time, yep. and and you and I talked for about forty five minutes, and he said. You want me to give you the best reason you need to do this? And I said, give me the best reason. And, and you said to me something like, the, the issues around financial literacy and credit score and, and these, these issues around um, banking issues are very broad-based. And that we are working with people who work in your bank to help them through these challenges. And and when when we went when you put it in those kinds of terms, it was real clear to me that that this is a huge and a broad based need. And and I I found in in you somebody who. As you said, we don't agree on everything, and and we, but we have constructive debate. But we do share a passion 
for making a difference and putting people in a position where they can do more, do better, meet their dreams, meet meet the, the, the needs of their family with stability and create more home ownership, create more small businesses, create greater sustainability. It's all about giving back. Building the Good Life is brought to you by Prudential Financial. For over 145 years, millions of people have counted on Prudential to help solve for life's most important financial needs. Because at Prudential, they live their purpose to make life better by solving for the financial challenges of our changing world. Prudential's Who's Your Rock campaign is also about helping people reach new heights and providing a platform for people to reach their financial goals. I, I do remember calling you one day and saying that We'd opened up this this Hope Inside uh, location, um, and um, with his blessing, Brian, and with another institution, and several of his employees <clears throat> had come over for financial coaching at the other institution because they were ashamed to admit that they were a banker and they had some financial challenges. They didn't want to go to the HR department for fear of getting fired. I get it. By the way, we opened up at First Horizon, and then we had twenty of the other institutions' employees come over to First Horizon because they had the same issue. They didn't want to go to their HR department. And we found that this issue affects everybody. Doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter what color, doesn't matter what income level. People with $100,000 incomes have too much month at the end of their money. They overspent. They've confused making money with building wealth. And, and so Brian and I found a commonality there and something we could do together. And, and I, and I, love what the way he operates because I believe in the James Brown version of affirmative action. Open the door, I'll get it myself. And I didn't want a handout from, from Brian Jordan. I wanted a hand up. And everybody in my community wanted a hand up. And Brian also suggested that we open a hope inside at Mason Temple uh, Church of God in Christ. And I said, you must, you must be out of your mind. What, what, did you say open up at a church? Yes, I did. He said, I think it's, the community needs it. That area is underserved. By the way, it happened to be the church that Dr. King gave his last speech before he was assassinated. I think it was, I, have, I think he said, uh, I think it was a version of the I Have a Dream speech, as I recall. I've been, it was a mountaintop speech. I'm sorry. Mountaintop. Mountaintop. Yeah, and he collapsed. In, I remember Dr. King collapsed. He had never collapsed before. He collapsed in the arms of Andrew Young, my mentor, and Reverend Jesse Jackson and others. And, and the next day he was assassinated in Memphis. And Dr. and Brian Jordan called me again. Then I want you to talk to the mayor. Mayor, I want you to come and speak at the 50th anniversary. Remember this? 50th anniversary of, yeah. the, of the sanitation workers. Well, the sanitation workers is the reason Dr. King was there. And those problems proliferated for another few decades. And he, it, it, but he, it's like the work's unfinished. These are things that people are doing behind closed doors when nobody's watching called leadership. And uh, the last thing I'll say, and I want, I want us to, I want to end, Brian, with you talking about, in whatever way you want to, some of the things you're proud of that the bank's doing now that you've merged and what the future looks like and what people can expect from your growing enterprise. Um, and to, to see this come from, I mean, any bank institution that's 150 years old had an interesting background in the 1800s, all of them, all of them. And to see them come from that to what he's doing now makes me so, um, so proud just to be to be blunt about it. So let's deal with politics for a second. We're not going to get into details here, but I just want you to understand how authentic this friendship is. Brian and I have different politics, generally speaking. 
we also have a, a bum factor. And I, I, never, I didn't tell Brian this. I'm just going to say it. I think we both agree. 20% of Republicans are bums. 20% of Democrats are bums. 20% of black folks are bums. 20% of white folks are bums. 20% of so-called leaders are bums. They say it, but they don't mean it. They're manipulating, they're playing games. And when we see it, we call it for what it is. But 80% of the people are good people. And we shouldn't generalize and we should try to find solutions where we can find them. But we need to call out bums when we see them. And we're not getting a name call or whatever, but Brian and I, we, we, we've had this conversation and we, me, him and his wife, Kim, we've had a conversation and we've disagreed on a range of things. We always agree on doing the right thing. And as soon as we figured out what was the right thing, we were on all over that like a cheap suit. Brian, this concept of talk without being offensive, listen without being defensive, and always leaving even our adversary with our dignity. I would say if we could do that in Memphis, Tennessee, with folks who grew up radically different backgrounds, where we stay in each other's homes, eat the same food, hug the same, love the same, laugh the same, cry the same. We could probably do that across this country as a business plan. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think we've got to do that, John. I, I, you know, you, you often recite the statistic that, you know, your DNA and my DNA, white man and a black man are, you know, 99.6% the same. And, and what differences we have are extraordinarily small. And why is it that we spend more time on our differences as a society? And and I, I don't understand that. I, I read just about every day. I usually start my day with it. And then I check the afternoon edition, the, the website, Real, realclearpolitics.com. I think it does a great job of even when you get a strident position on one side, you get a strident position on the other side. But it, it gives you a, a, sort of the, a chance to hear both sides of it. And, and I'm particularly frustrated in, in our politics in that I think we've stopped listening to one another. Most, most people don't talk just to be provocative. Some, some folks do, of course, but most folks don't talk to be provocative. And if you have a belief about something, it's my job to figure out why you believe what you believe, and and then I have better understanding, and hopefully you're doing the same. And I think in our relationship, we we have done that. And you know, I I wish through through the grace of God and John Bryan, I've gotten to know Ambassador Andrew Young over the last I don't know ten years, fifteen years, pretty well. And you know, if you look at his political career. If, if we had more people in leadership positions like Ambassador Young, who were always thinking about how we move everybody forward, not my side, not your side, but everybody forward, we would we would be a much, much better off society. And I, I, I went into this pandemic with a, a, a what I would describe, self-describe as a very naive view of things. In that we were all going to deal with a pandemic that was um, a shared experience. It was going to be bad for everybody. We we're going to have lockdowns. The economic cost was going to be high. And and I look at where we are today, and it, and it's divided us as as opposed to pulling us together. And it, it makes me wonder 
you know, how do we get leadership at the highest levels? And I'm not sure it has to be our political leaders, but it can be church, faith. It can be civic leaders. It can be anything. How do we start bringing ourselves back together and focus on that? That I'll use the DNA analogy, that 99.6% of shared experience that says we ought to all be pulling in the same direction. It's okay to disagree, but let's figure out how we pull in the same direction and get out of this zero-sum game that we've ended up in where for John to win, I have to lose, and for me to win, John has to lose. That makes no sense to me at all. Right, right. Yeah, you can take no pleasure in the fact there's a hole in my end of our boat. (laughs) If the boat sinks, we're all done, right? And and, I think this is my sort of summary comment on why I love my conversation with Brian Jordan, it's remarkably, I mean, it's, it's simple. It's common sense, but common sense is not so common. It's decent. Decency is not so common. It's authentic. Authenticity is not so common. We love math because it doesn't have an opinion. Uh, and, uh, and we believe that if we, we, that if we work together as partners and brothers and friends, the two plus two just might equal six, eight or 10. Um, this just might be the third reconstruction we're experiencing right now. The first reconstruction was after the Civil War. It was about basic, basic freedom and basic democracy and basic access. So I, I think that we're experiencing what I call a, a third reconstruction, Brian. Uh, the first reconstruction came after the Civil War, uh, and that was about basic access, basic freedom, re- a reaff- reaffirmation of our democracy. We're better together. The second reconstruction was a civil rights movement. Um, we talked a little bit about that. That was about jobs, getting from the fields to the factories, um, voting rights, reaffirmation of voting rights, and, um, uh, and political freedom. And this third reconstruction, I believe, is social justice through an economic lens. I think it's economics. I think it's ownership. I think it's wealth and income inequality. I think it's diversity and inclusion. Um, and we're, I mean, I think your model and my model and others are proving that a diverse and inclusive organization is a more prosperous organization. It's not only decent, it's not only the right thing to do, it's also quite profitable. Am I right about that, Brian? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is. It, it's, you know, if, it, if it's, it's, it's back to so much of life, if we can create win-win situations, if we can create good situations for our customers, for our communities, it's going to be good for our company and our shareholders and vice versa. If it's good for our shareholders, it's likely to be good for our communities because it's not sustainable if you let it get out of balance for long. It just doesn't work. Yes. What I knew was that this conversation would risk going over, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to abuse Brian's time. He's got a bank to run, um, and I don't want to bore you. <laughs> the 13th commandment, thou shalt not bore people. I just love talking to this dude, and, and uh, every time I leave a conversation, I leave better. If you love Operation Hope, you got to love Brian Jordan. Um, I can't get into the details of it. We don't have time, but he, he really helped to turn the organization around about five years ago and stabilize, uh, stabilize us financially donated time through he so a company called Accenture had consulting time that they owed him a few hundred thousand dollars. He donated that to us. So we didn't have to pay the consulting firm to help us restructure Operation Hope. And that's led to a point now where Operation Hope itself is self-sustainable. Uh, we had a mission, but we didn't have a business plan. And what he's trying to do through the bank is to give every family a business plan, to give every entrepreneur and small business owner, a shot 
at success or failure on your own merit. Isn't that what we all want? A shot at success or failure on our own merit. Brian Jordan, want we, as we wrap up, why don't you tell us what your vision is for the bank, what you're doing now, what you plan on doing, what we can expect from you, and how people find you if they want to work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you said in the very beginning, we were founded in 1864. Abraham Lincoln was president, about three blocks from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, today, we're across 12 states, mostly southern states, Texas to Virginia, Arkansas to Florida, if you think about the southern part of the United States. You can reach us on firsthorizon.com. We're, we're looking to grow across all those markets. Our, our view is, is a very simple one. I've said it a couple of different ways in this. We, we want to be not only a part of the economic fabric in the communities we serve, but we want to play a role in strengthening that economic fabric, linking capital and counsel with, with the, the two to, to improve the lives of our customers and, and communities. Uh, we are, uh, in essence, trying to, to provide a very local experience. We have local leadership in our markets that care about their markets. They know their markets. They serve on the city council or the chamber of commerce or whatever happens to be. And, and we bring the big bank resources that allow us to use our balance sheet to, to really help customers achieve very uh, meaningful things in their lives. So my vision is, is that we continue to build that, that close connection with our customers. We build that close connection with our communities in, in such a way that we're integral to the economic fabric of where we live, where we work, and where we play. Amen. I love that. As a church, what's happening now? What have you done for me lately? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Brian Jordan, the president and chief executive officer of one of the fifth, uh, uh, five top banks in the entire South, uh, the largest bank in Tennessee, just merged, just acquired another institution, Iberia, I believe, which is out of uh, New Orleans, if I recall. It's called First Horizon Bank. That's his bank. I want you to think about it, look, look for it, check him out. He's a cool dude. He's not perfect, but he's perfect in his imperfection because he's authentic. I would, and as I close, I'm going to say this. Ryan George tried to kill me twice. Ski shooting <laughs> and snowmobiling. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I've got, I've now got a gun. I'm practicing ski shooting. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll make sure I'm not embarrassed the next time. You didn't, you didn't, you, you, you didn't succeed in discouraging me there. And, and, uh, you know, everybody know black folks don't like cold weather, Brian Jordan. You, you know, we, we're from Africa, man. You got me in the remote zero talking about are you having fun? I had like five levels of heaters in my, in my mitts, but I had a ball because I was on something with a motor underneath me and uh, I'm coming back for more. So I'm coming back for some more snowmobiling. So make some, you, you got to tell the truth about the skate shoot and you walk out your back door and shoot them now. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, got, I got a little way. Yes. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have enjoyed doing it. You've met not just a progressive CEO for the future. You've met a decent human being for right now. Somebody that we can all emulate. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Building the Good Life with John O'Brien and Brian Jordan. This is the masterclass for my interview with Brian Jordan, President and Chief Executive Officer of First Horizon Bank, one of the top five banks in the South, 
$90 billion in assets just below that, built it over 150 plus years, and now he's running it with a new philosophy, doing well and doing good too. Brian is the epitome, I think, of just decency. It's a radical movement like Operation Hope of common sense. Here you have a Southerner and white and conservative who's found a way to bond with a Northerner who's black and I believe progressive in my view. Um, and we found a way to disagree sometimes without being disagreeable. We found a way to both be nosy. How do you get so smart, Quincy Jones? I'm just nosy as hell, he told me. Both Brian Jordan and I are nosy. I want to know what he knows. He wants to know what I know. We both live by the ethos, talk without being offensive, listen without being defensive, and always leave even your adversary with their dignity. Because if you don't, they'll spend the rest of their life trying to make you miserable. We both agree that people in his party and his community aren't perfect. People in my party, whatever that might be, in my community, aren't perfect. There are bums everywhere, just like there's brilliance everywhere. And we should, we should cite the bums and highlight the brilliance wherever we find them. Brian Jordan is just normal. We need more normal in the world. And we have normal with decency and authenticity, power and access to credit and capital, i.e. the CEO of a bank, you can actually change communities and transform our world. This has been the Masterclass with John O'Brien. Building the good life with John Hope Bryant is brought to you by Prudential Financial. 